Okay, all right. Hello, everybody. So, got another great review uh, collaboration for you guys today. So, I'm here with uh, Caitlin. She goes by Caitlin Bloody Mary online on YouTube, and she has a really great YouTube channel. You should definitely check out her YouTube channel. She has a lot of really good content, some really like insightful reviews of films and mostly horror films. And I, I've seen some of her other stuff. I, I, I really liked your, the review you did of the Irishman. I really liked that when you talked about oh, that film. Thank you. Yes. I'm um, a huge Scorsese fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me and a friend, we just did a, uh, a review of uh, our favorite, well, a, a list of our favorite films from 2019. Both of us had the Irishman at number one and we both talked a lot about it. So um. oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. I've seen it yeah. probably like you, you upload a lot more than either. You're much better at an upload schedule than me. <laughs> it, it's 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 hard. Um, you know, don't feel bad. Uh, but the stuff you put out is really good. So Thank I you. feel good about that. The quality is high. And you know, oh, when the quality when, so when the is high, people want more. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and like what made you want to start your channel and talk about film and things like that? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Caitlin, as uh, the lovely Ibrahim has introduced me as. Um, yeah, YouTube channel is Caitlin Bloody Mary. Um, I guess my thing with film is, uh, and I feel like this is a story that is familiar to a lot of people around my age, is that uh, it was the, you know, mid to late 90s at a sleepover party and someone put on screen. Um, and it was instantaneous. There's something about that opening scene in Scream that I feel just uh, compelled a lot of people into a fascination of the horror genre. Um, and when I became obsessed with horror, my mum and dad were like, well, listen, if you're gonna get into horror, you're gonna have to watch some old horror and really understand the historical relevance of what makes Scream so brilliant. So I saw The Woman in Black, the original Woman in Black. I saw The Changeling. Um, and straight yeah. away I was like, this is something that I became obsessed with. It was, you know, every Saturday afternoon I would sit down, watch a new horror, and my parents would come home and I'd be like, oh, my God, I found something new that's amazing. Um, and I started a horror film diary, which occasionally makes a cameo appearance in my videos uh, when I was about 12. And um, yeah, I suppose it was two years ago, I gave up drinking, had this huge lifestyle change and was trying to find ways to fill my time. And I kind of thought back to how much enjoyment I got from watching horror and talking about horror and analyzing it and thought, well, I should share it with the wild world of the internet and started my channel. Yeah. And it's been amazing. I study film. That's my major at university um, or college, as you would probably call it. Um, and I minor in journalism. So writing about film is something I really am passionate about. And I'm excited to talk about Train to Busan with you. I've always had a bit of a thing for the old zombie genre. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really cool story. I really, I, that's, I haven't heard you talk about that before. That was really beautiful, actually. Um, oh, touching. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a fellow film student. I, uh, I went to UC Santa Barbara, studied film. Um, my co-host Lucian, he's another film school guy. So we're all film school geek nerds, basically, right? So we'll probably get along. So one thing, yeah. I, I definitely, Scream was definitely a big deal for, we're probably around the same age, like, like late 80s, 90s kids. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, did, did you remember watching Jurassic Park like young when you were a kid? You know what? I am. Um, did not enjoy it. I think, I don't know if I was too young or uh -huh. if I'm, I'm not, I'm probably not the biggest Spielberg fan. Oh, despite sure, the sure. fact that I love the shit out of, pardon me, love the Oh, it's okay. You can curse. Jaws. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. I'm I don't, I don't mind at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I'd put Jaws possibly in like my top 10 films. I, I think it's a yeah. brilliant film. But Jurassic Park didn't land for me. Like, it just never landed, and I've never really uh, revisited it. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I brought that up because, like, would you consider that a horror film? Like, it has some really strong horror elements, I feel like. The more I think about that film, the more I feel like I it, it, it's basically a horror film. It's just, it's just, like, a really successful, popular horror film. I, I would say that there is a real crossover and there's a real, with genres, there's such a blurring of lines sometimes that um, I think some films are very clear cut. Yeah. Other films, it really comes down to the way that the individual perceives elements of it. Um, and, you know, that comes down to, as a fellow film person, you know, the, the whole like Roland Barthes kind of everyone sure. yeah. the right thing. Interpret uh -huh. the way that they want. Um, so you know, there's some infamous films that have been made as horror that are actually quite comedic. So yes. despite the fact that the director has set out to make a horror film, he's actually making people laugh, and it's probably more horror comedy, even though it wasn't intended to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, and I think it's the same with Jaws. Like Jaws to me is a horror film. Oh, hundred like, percent. Quite frightening in parts, but it also has elements of melodrama, family dynamics. It's it's got so much going on, and yeah, I think Jurassic Park would be that similar vein where it's like an yes. action horror. It's got melodrama. It's got comedy yeah. in there. Like yeah, yeah. I just bring that up because like I feel like uh, I've heard people talk about Jurassic Park in a similarish way that people talk about Scream, where it kind of led them on a path where they they found more horror-ish stuff and that was yeah, the right. the beginning of it um because i like when i watched that as a kid there were definitely some moments where i, I remember the moment where like the kid's hi trying to hide but he can't get the thing closed and like the the raptor's coming at him and i like my little five-year-old self i was gonna die um and that's a well, horror moment but but when i'm as well. yeah yeah Sorry. exactly but like when i'm a five-year-old kid like i don't understand that that's a horror trope genre trope being put yeah, onto me and yeah. i'm reacting to that right um yeah. and so yeah it's yeah, kind of yeah. like you said it's interesting to see like how people interact with the 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 medium the the thing itself some people see that as an action scene some people see it as a horror scene and could be different <laughs> absolutely i think the action horror thing is one that is such a fine line um and yeah. i think from both sides of the equation there can be a bit of a snobbery slash reverse snobbery around what is horror um yeah. both from like people that are like so into horror that it has to be like balls to the wall horror for it for them to classify it as a horror um and then there's the other side of the equation that you know don't classify horror as real film and i think it's a one of the reasons why i think it's one of the most fascinating genres of film because there's well, just so think many about people's reactions now to this concept of the elevated horror movie right 
There's a lot of people oh, who even get me right, <laughs> right, and, 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 and it's like oh, elevated horror. Have you been watching horror films or like uh, what's the movie? I think it's Possession. Like, was oh, it? like, yeah, like, yeah, and made elevated horror. I like elevated yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really just like yeah, this is the elevated horror. This is what happens when you have people like you know Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta and these other people interacting with the genre or Ari Aster yeah. who are really artistic. But this it's yeah. always existed in horror films, like always. And I think you could say the same thing about just about every single genre. You could say yes. an elevated rom com is Romeo yes. and Juliet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like totally. You yes. Could say yeah, you know, elevated comedy is you know. Yeah. Or like Die Hard is an elevated action film, right? And there's a whole bunch that are trash, but yeah, like like Die Hard is the elevated version of action film. <laughs> yeah, like everything in life, there are good things and bad things. Um, from every single genre of books to films to music, you know, you could say that, you know, Jesus and Mary Chain are elevated punk. Like there's so many different ways of addressing, you know, art even like elevated yeah. pop art and elevated modernism and yeah i think totally it's, um, totally I, I think a lot of people that i feel mm -hmm. like we've as human beings we've got this like inherent need to classify things when in reality things are uh, yeah a lot more fluid in the shades of gray for sure yeah they're a lot more fluid me and my friend we were just talking about like a film parasite right that film goes in oh and out of genres God. very seamlessly okay. right I it mean, starts as yeah. oh yeah absolutely 100 percent. like once that film makes the turn after like the midpoint it's a horror film yeah. and then the end is yeah, something absolutely. else the end is like a melodrama and there's this this, this postscript where it's this beautiful moment but it's totally a horror film like <laughs> <laughs> I, I would put that in, like, not even a recent one, but I would put that in my top ten films of all time. Like, I think oh, yeah. it was just, it blew me away. Like, I thought it was one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Like, yeah, You absolutely. know, when you're and watching a film and you're like, am I really watching this? Is someone this magnificent yeah. at creating a story and film and the acting and everything about it is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, those moments, uh, those moments, I live for those moments, for sure. Um, and there's nothing yeah. like it, right? Like when you really feel something new and different and beautiful, um, and they're so rare. And yeah, that film, he does such a good job of like, because, you know, there there are some films where they try to do that that turn and it just doesn't work. But at every moment, the turn works. Like when it becomes the horror film, like that one shot of the guy coming up the scares stairs that's fucking scary what? and it's so well shot yeah it's so well shot violence like it's visceral violence yeah. at point yeah no it's um i yeah i think that could be considered a horror film and i think the only reason people won't consider that is because it is so good you know it's yes. won multiple awards and accolades and people will not Ever, you know, Silence of the Lambs. People are like, well, it's not a horror film. I'm like, well, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, same here. Totally, it is. It's still a horror. <laughs> or what they call those? Oh, it's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's a horror. Yeah, yeah. It's this nice. <laughs> catch-all term to like kind of wash away the 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 evil horror oh horror is for the you know the weirdos and it's like no it's a it is a legitimate genre that creates art. <laughs> yeah yeah 
yeah, yeah. art. 100%. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, Parasite's probably a good way to lead in. Yeah. Yeah. Another. Because I think. Yeah. Another. Again, Korea, like they're producing some amazing films in the last couple decades. And Bon Joon Ho. Absolutely. Yeah. And, There's like a of things I want to watch. Yeah. Same here. Um, I, I just recently did a review with someone. Uh, I saw The Devil, which is a horror film. Uh, I, saw, I saw that review yeah. with um, Drawbats. Yeah. With Drawbats. Yeah. yeah. I went and her channel she's oh she's amazing really cool stuff. yeah she's really, um, really i don't necessarily cool. agree with her all the time but i feel the way that she has of explaining her point of view is yeah. fantastic yeah um, totally yeah, she, and she likes watching it, all kinds so of stuff so i tuned out towards the end because i didn't want to get too spoiled yeah but um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i was like oh definitely watch the film definitely watch the film so yeah we're talking about train to busan uh, so this came out in 2016. So this is a, um, I feel like this is a, like high concept horror premise, right? Zombies, a train. Okay. It, I don't know if you remember there was this, this hilarious movie called Snakes, Snakes on a Plane. Oh uh, my like, God, I forgot that film existed. Yeah. I Crazy film. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is a, like a, a well done version of something similar uh, a premise where we hear it we're like oh sh that's crazy zombies on a train one location zombies go right sells you from the jump um and this movie what's interesting too is like this is it's very apropos for the time we're in like this is an epidemic movie um they the the they experience in this film they experience a some kind of virus disease and it ravages korea uh, we don't know if it gets out of korea it doesn't tell us that uh but this film starts with they're in the countryside this guy who's a farmer he's stopped and they have to like hose down his vehicle because they're trying to sterilize this epidemic from spreading and he's mad and blah 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 and then he runs over a deer and we see the deer get zombified and come back to life and boom, that's the <laughs> that's like the the clue because i mean it's mostly in zombie films or tv shows it doesn't necessarily impact the animals and zombify the animals so yes. i haven't seen the sequel yet but i feel like it would be a really interesting uh thing to bring into like a prequel or a sequel is this element of the animals themselves becoming zombified. yeah for sure because um usually it's like human to human but this is it, it's Again, it's sort of like the the air we're living in. This thing jumped to a human, right? And that's where the problem comes. So of course, it's that animal to human thing, which is amazingly, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing of it started an animal, it moved into a human. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, again, it's so kind of brilliant because, like, we we're we're they. I think Koreans are more aware of it, but now I think Americans in the world is now aware of like. That because we're living on the frontier of, uh, you know, the, where these farms are and they're they're encroaching on these other animals' land, we are now in contact with diseases that we should have never been in contact with, basically, and they have disastrous consequences. <laughs> they certainly do, as the world is witnessing yeah. in real time. Yeah. Yeah. So this film, like, that's like kind of the prescript, right? It's like, oh, here's here's how the zombies get here, right? And again, it's it's a brilliant setup. Uh, so the film follows this guy, uh, Seok Woo, I think is his name. And he's yeah, sort of... straight away if I get any of these Korean names wrong. It is surprisingly yeah. difficult to fall into a 
another language's names. <laughs> so I do apologise if I mispronounce anything throughout this. That's probably a good little yeah. Uh, yeah, acknowledgement that there's no intention to say anything uh-huh. wrong. For sure. I wrote them down. I'm going to try, but, like, you know, it's easy because, like, I think of them as, like, there's the dad, there's the daughter, there's some of the people on the train that we'll get to. Yeah. But those are, like, basically the main characters. Frequently. Like, it, they, it's not like yeah. it's a frequently. But I think that's part of how this film is done is that it's very um, show, don't tell. Exactly. It is very show don't tell. And the, the, the filmmaking as we're going to get to, it's very well done. Like they, this is not just some schlocky, silly zombies on a train. They really do some, some good work of creating a, a actual connection with the characters that a lot of films don't do. Um, yeah. Which obviously, starts, sorry, I interrupted oh, you. Obviously, starts with the dad and relationship yeah. as the yeah. So the dad, so they set up the dad. He's a hedge fund manager, and he has to make a big decision at the jump of the film about basically selling off a whole bunch of stocks based on some uh, some some insider information. And he's worried about doing it because that's going to cause a panic, and he will be responsible for causing a panic. And if if he were to do it. So finally, he then decides, okay, I'm going to do it. I, I, I have to do this thing. He brings in his, uh, his like, kind of underling, Kim, and he tells him, sell, sell everything. We're going to do it. <clears throat> and Kim is like, oh, well, are you sure? This is going to cause a panic. It's going to cause a mass sell-off. And then uh, Seawook, he has this interesting line. He says, uh, you know, do you work for the lemmings? Do you work for these other people who are going to be affected? Like sort of saying, you know, like, they don't matter. Those other people, they don't matter. Let We're just going to do this so we can make money. So just do it. Um, and so again, it's setting him up as he's self-interested, he's selfish, he's doing things that he knows are wrong, but he's doing them anyway, just because money, right? Because yeah. it's his job, it's his work. Um, and yeah, and so we're not really, I don't know if we're supposed to really like him at first, really. We were kind of like, eh, this guy, not a great guy. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly and- not what we would normally expect as a uh, classic hero. Yes. <laughs> he kind of almost reminds me of, God, we're really going back to Spielberg-esque now, but uh, almost kind of like in um, the Peter Pan Hook, you know that film Hook, yeah. where it's like the lead hero has has a real journey to undertake, where he starts off, you know, it's money, 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 poor relationship with child, money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Recognizable trope. That's a really good... Um... And you know this is this is an interesting thing when you talk about film. Um, the the workaholic dad is a trope that happens a lot, um, and there's rarely the workaholic mom because we, for whatever reason, and maybe this is a Western thing, maybe this is just a thing in general. People are forgiving of the workaholic dad, but the workaholic mom, they hate that person, hate like with a capital H, like where you don't want to forgive them. Yeah. A mother who does. Yeah, it's almost. Uh- Something that is unforgivable in a film, whereas the workaholic dad, they're like, well, he just needs to learn a life lesson. Yes. The workaholic yes. mom, that's like, no. <laughs> it's weird, but that's no. that's hundred percent the case. We hate the workaholic mom because we 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 hate her for for not recognizing the that she needs to be with her kids. But with the dad, we're like, oh well, he's gonna understand at the end, and we like seeing that where he where he sees. He's going to understand by the end of it. And he yeah. never really had to make this big pivotal choice, which I think is very tied to being a woman, is that it's like you have choices that you have to 
to make um, within even within the realm of feminism. What kind yeah. of feminist are you going to be? Like there's all the, all these choices associated with being a woman, uh, and a man never has that choice. It's always something that it's a fated learning curve. You know, yeah. something comes along outside of his control, like a zombie apocalypse, and he's mm-hmm. fated to learn. It was always in there to begin with. Like. It's so simple. With the dad character, all all we need is a scene where he hugs the kid and we forgive him. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like just hug your kid and then we'll, we'll we're over it. We forgive you for all the the years of neglect. Right? <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah right. Because um, um, so yeah, in this so, sorry. In this film, so so then the next the next scene we see him like he has this thing where he talks about oh, uh, what should I get for my daughter? He's trying to buy her a gift, and so he like what and he asks someone what are kids into these days? Um, kind of as a you know stereotypical thing, someone who's so disconnected. So he buys her a Wii. He comes home to see her, and he already bought her a Wii like months ago. Yeah, yeah, so, I think it was for Children's Day, which must yeah. be a South Korean thing. I've never heard this mm-hmm. children's day before. Yeah. Do you guys we, have that in America? We don't have it. Yet. Yeah, we we don't have it here in America either. Um, it, it's called Christmas, I think. Maybe maybe because we're always like so. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we're just so spoiled in this. Yeah, yeah. That you know, every day. That's <laughs> <day. laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So you, you guys have uh, you guys have Boxing Day, right? We have. Do you guys not have Boxing Day? Oh no, we do not. We do not. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we do yeah, not have Boxing Day. Maybe it's um, something that's more from the UK. England, like, you know, yeah, yeah, Australia is very much mm-hmm. this um, kind of we've taken like half of American culture, half of English mm-hmm. culture, and it's like very much like then combined into the two. Um, but, yeah, Boxing yes. Day is, is always a good day. It's usually full of lots of hangovers and leftover food and oh, seeing yeah. the food that you didn't see the day before with a hangover. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah, usually pretty good. It's uh, my, my tradition is it's always like, Roasting, roasting hot on Boxing Day and Christmas Day in Australia. Um, boiling, so it's the aircon on, like cold. We're back when I was a drinker, cold esky a beer next to your couch, put on the cricket. <laughs> That's very much Australian Boxing Day. And because you guys don't, do you guys even play cricket? Have you ever played the game of cricket? No, we no. don't play cricket. <laughs> we play, we play football, baseball. We play soccer until you're about fifteen. And football, baseball, yeah. I mean, that's that's mostly what we do. Basketball, basketball. You guys play basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are our those are our sports. Um, yeah, but yeah, no Boxing Day. Um, unfortunately, I always like more holidays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. we do a lot. I think uh, Western Australia, where I'm from, has like one of the highest number of public holidays in the world. Like we're like oh. any excuse. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, take yeah, I'll take I'll take any excuse to party and put some shrimp on the Barbie, right? That's, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly how we refer to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the distance. Yeah. So um, uh, anyway, so yeah, we have got yeah. that accident. Yeah, and then we find out like it's it's once again it's a trope, but it's so well acted particularly that little girl we should talk about is oh yeah she's really, amazing holy she's moly amazing. she is so good in this role yeah uh she really yeah can evoke emotion in an audience some little kids they're just so adorable and she's fantastic and yeah, we should bring up like 
there's there's a scene where um after that he's watching this recording of her trying to do this this sort of this, I, I don't know what, i didn't know what it was but like she was singing this song aloha away and she just couldn't do it because of stage fright um and meanwhile she's she's like kind of guilt tripping him i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't really want to call it that because he's a dad like you need to pay attention to your kid and he's not obviously and she wants him to go with her to uh see her mom in busan yeah and he's like yeah, she misses her money. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe later. Blah, blah, blah. Work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 He's the typical dad who, right, <laughs> who doesn't pay attention to his kids. Um, and so after seeing that, he decides, okay, I'm going to go with her to Busan. Um, and so then they, they go onto the train to go to Busan. And meanwhile, again, another kind of trope of horror films the adults don't see what's going on, but the children get it. And she, she keeps. She keeps seeing like all these weird people and all this like kind of conflict. I I think there's she sees something when they're in the car driving to the um train station, and then when they're on the train, you know, she's the only one paying attention yeah, as I, I as literally civilization is collapsing. Collapsing <laughs> around them. I think yeah. like these opening scenes really set up some important thematics for the rest of the film. Um, the one scene that really kind of uh, I didn't know this on my first watch, but Watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Is all the ashes falling around them? And yeah. Suan, little girl, puts her hand out and this piece of ash lands in her hand and she closes it. And as she opens it up, it almost um, brings to mind like a connotation of like stigmata because it's this like round circle of ash in the palm of her hand. And it straight away brings up what we are going to see as like a major theme of sacrifice, uh, selfishness. Uh, and it's, I thought it was beautifully done. Like it's a really beautiful scene. Um, yeah, and there's all these yeah. other things going on. There's emergency vehicles going past. And, yeah, things are starting to it, – it almost um, reminded me a bit of a more serious take of the Shaun of the Dead scenes where things are all yes. going on around the character and he's not really noticing. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like auto, auto drive, uh, which I think yeah. is a huge part of our society is that mm -hmm. we are always, we find ways to logically uh, kind of discount things that are going on. You know, if, if I yeah. saw a bunch of vehicles i probably wouldn't think twice about that either i'd be like oh okay whatever like stop the car um you know and there's so there's, there's all of that kind of stuff going on that adults have learned to ignore but children are still very aware of they're attuned to it yeah for sure yeah, they're attuned and she's yeah she's totally attuned to like you know like hey something's wrong and of course the dad is still into the work and yeah, like you said, most most adults are just like adulting. They're like, hey, I got to get to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, little do you know, the world is about to end, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they, they get on the train and we basically get the short introduction to all the people that were going to be in the most of the story. Well, There's... Um, so brilliantly done. Like this is someone that yeah. is a master of his art. This These yeah. scenes that are like snapshots of people but we know so we feel like we know them straight away brilliant yeah yeah there's like <laughs> it's like this older couple of sisters right um and they kind of have a little talk um there's this baseball team one of them is uh one of the guys from parasite um there's 
kind of like the typical rich uh, businessman type. Um, there's the, you know, the, the attendants. And, um, and then later we kind of get introduced to this husband and wife and the wife is pregnant. Um, and yeah, that's the setup. And then as they train departs, there's this great scene where like, there's this guy who's, he's like looking back and forth and then he looks one way and then, a, and this woman runs onto the train <laughs> and then he doesn't notice. And then, and they're like, okay, time to take off. And this woman is like, yeah, and we get a brilliant bait and switch yeah. with that, which I thought was we do, yeah. phenomenal. Where yeah, I think a, it's the um, the rich, the richer middle aged man is like, yeah. there's there's something, there's a weird person that's just got on board this train. I yeah. don't know what's going on with this weirdo. Um, and of course, we're thinking, oh, okay, he's noticed that there's this crazy woman that's about to turn into a zombie on board the train. Yeah. But we get revealed that he's terrified because there is a homeless person on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a really great uh, setup of who that character is. Um, very well done while, like, pushing along the narrative as well. Yes. What's really good, too, is that he has an interaction with, uh, who's the daughter character, what's her name? Uh, Suan. Uh, Suan, yeah. Yeah, and where, where she's like, oh, hey, he says, or oh hey don't yeah don't if you don't stay in school you're gonna end up like him and he says oh my mom says he's something like my mom says people say that are assholes or something like that um and uh you know again like that's setting up this guy not a good guy right he's not she a immediately guy. has yeah. a bad she immediately has a bad, bad take on him yeah 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 yeah, yeah and, and I, I find that like as now you're saying it and we're talking about setting up characters within these first 20 minutes it's actually a really great way of setting up the relationship between her mum and dad why they're separated who her mum is and we never even meet this character but we know that they're divorced and separated um and she's saying people that treat lower classes like crap are assholes which kind of makes you think that this has been what has drawn this like divide and wedge between her mum and dad is that it yes. all comes down to this uh these different perceptions of class and money and it's really yeah it's brilliant these first 20 minutes should be shown in like every single uh filmmakers university like it's fantastic yeah the setup is is really great right you yeah. think about all the things and even just that small interaction with that guy that guy plays a huge part later on in the film uh, but we, you know, how are we supposed to know? Well, from the beginning, it's showing us this guy is in conflict with our protagonists. And so because yeah. we're in conflict, we should feel this person is not good, basically. Um, yeah. So um, then the, the the zombie girl, like one of the attendants meets with the zombie girl and she's full on zombie mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, uh, she's going full zombie. <laughs> And it's the first one we see. So it's the first yeah. one that we see this, like, proper. And this is at the 20-minute mark where, like, it's been, like, cool, here are our characters. And then it's just, like, pow, yeah. we're in. There are zombies. Zombie, we're stuck yeah. on this train. Let's go. Like, it's very yeah. quick. Like, and now it's now we're all in. So what do you think of, like, the depiction of zombies in this film, like, in comparison to other films that we've seen in the past? Like, you know, again, this, this, this genre, I mean, uh, the Walking Dead's been on air for like half my life. I feel like 
I know, I, but I feel like it's so weird now that it's still on because I think for a lot of people, everyone kind of stopped watching it a few years ago. Yeah. And every now and then I'm like, oh, that's right, The Walking Dead is still on. I wonder what's happening there. And then you mm -hmm. kind of like look it up and you're like, oh, yeah, it's still going. Like, oh, Michonne's still alive. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, but that, overall, I thought the zombies, how they were done in this film, like it wasn't anything completely different from what we've seen in the past but I think that kind of works I don't think you need to completely uh you know reinvent the zombie wheel every time you do a zombie film uh you know we've seen in the past when you try to make too many changes to a trope like that it doesn't always work uh, yeah. I think the key would be like vampires the twilight saga yeah. trying to turn them into something new and for me like it just took out all of what made zombies brilliant uh, what made vampires brilliant um so it's kind of like a cross between like the 28 days later fast moving zombies yes. and uh the more traditional zombie as well like they look exactly like how we picture a zombie to look mm -hmm. i guess um but yeah they are they're not the brightest the brightest sun in the sky over the week. They are uh, they can't figure out how to open doors, which mm -hmm. works brilliant for, for this because it means yes. they can close the doors. But then you've got the same thing of the zombie thing of but if they all pile up, how long is it going to take before they smash through the they glass? They break through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah they sure. can't smell humans, which has become a real trope since particularly The Walking Dead. It's like it's very much that zombies can smell human flesh but they mm. cannot smell humans they can see them and hear them yeah yeah and and i really liked to yeah they put these kind of limitations on them but like you said they are the 28 days later the fast zombie type i mean yeah. these things yeah, they can uh, yeah yeah you need to you know uh the what was it the um oh man i forget the zombie land rules number one is cardio you gotta have cardio in this world in the yeah. Trinity Buzon world, if, if you yeah. don't have your cardio on, you're dead. Like, these, these things yeah. are fast. Yeah, like there's, they are fast. There's this one scene that's close to the, the first zombie where the camera's shot down quite low and it's the zombie kind of like over the top of the camera and the camera and yeah. the zombie are both moving so fast that you're like, okay, this is where we are at. This is a yeah. fast-moving zombie film. And it's, yeah, brilliantly shot. And it, yeah, contributes to this feeling of there are high stakes here. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Quick, think quick, move quick, and yeah, you've got to know, you've got to have your cardio in this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that shot. Um, that's that's like the I forget they call it like the Sonori cam. It's when you attach a camera to a person, and so you get this like very intimate, but almost like a distorting. It, it, you know, because when you see that. Where where the as the camera's moving. Shoot someone from down yeah. from underneath. They this is something I actually learned uh, from America's Next Top Model. Yeah, I like <laughs> zombies and and Tyra Banks. Um, yeah. Is that if you shoot someone from underneath with like the light shining off, it automatically makes someone look a little strange and off kilter. Um, I think the the one I always think of as being like a real key to contributing to that to the genre is like in The Shining where it's the camera under oh, yeah. Jack Torrance's face as he's trying to get out of uh, the the fridge that, or the cupboard that he's been locked in by Wendy. Um, and it's, yeah, all of a sudden people look weird yeah. when they're shot from that angle. 
Well, it's very foreign. Like, it, like most shots people use in film is something that mimics how a human would look at a thing. Um, but when you create an angle that is completely foreign to how a human could look, things feel distorted and you, you get a uneasy sense of the world. Um, because it's like I, a human being cannot look up at a, at another human being like that. Like it's just not. I don't know. I'm happen. five foot two. I spend a lot of time looking up at looking up at people like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The world through my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, continuing with the plot, so they, um, th this, this zombie infestation on the train is real. And like, they quickly, like, uh, the, the, the woman attacks another attendant who turns into a zombie who then attacks all of these baseball players in another compartment. And now, you know, this whole thing is like, it's on and they, uh, oh, there's a scene there where is, they, um, that's the other, the other major thing about the zombies in this film is that they are quick turning zombies. They are not. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so it means yeah. we get to avoid this, like, oh, I've I've been bitten on my yeah. arm, but I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm gonna hide it. And then over the course of two hours, I'm gonna slowly turn into a zombie. Like, nah, that is gone. It is like that girl eats that conductor lady or whatever. What would you call her? Conductor? No, she's not a conductor. She's an she's attendant. Like attendant, yeah. yeah that's um, the and straight use. away, she's a zombie, and straight she's away zombie. she attacks mm -hmm. other people, and they're yeah. a zombie. Like, it is quick. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. And and the train basically turns into a, a zombie horde almost immediately. I mean, it's within, almost like, three or four immediate minutes. A whole compartment is now zombies. Um, and then we get the scene where, you know, again, all this stuff is happening. So like the guy who's the husband, uh, Seng Hua, who's the husband of the pregnant wife, uh, Seong Kyung, I think is her name. Uh, she, you know, he's seeing people running by, but he doesn't really get it. Then the wife gets out of the, uh, the bathroom and then they see the wall of zombies and then they run. Then there's this, uh, this moment where Seok Wu, like basically tries to lock the door on the two of them. Um, and again, this is, but you know, one thing he was goaded on by this this other guy, uh, Yang Suk, who again, this guy, super self-interested. Now we we expect um, the dad to sort of be self-interested, but again, that's another thing that they set up is that this guy he keeps edging people on to like, you know, it's all about us surviving. Me really, it's all about me surviving, and if other people die, I don't care. So that was another good setup, I think, scene, um, and you know, so. So yeah, so the absolutely, and it's almost like the way it's filmed with the um with the middle aged wealthy man. It's almost like he's the devil on yeah, our lead yeah, character's totally. shoulder, and it's almost like it's these like this image of his future. So it's very much like if you continue down this path, this is who this is the worst case scenario yes. of who you are going to end up being. For and sure. then there's the working class man, which which he is literally locking out yeah. through his choices <laughs> and it's through this, you know, like this like really good working class man and his wife and pregnant wife and it's, yeah, it's this like man that's alone as well. So it's very much like these are your options. Like yeah. you can choose to be more down to earth and have a family and the promise of new life which is, you know, all represented by a pregnant woman, or you can be alone and be this wealthy, rich, selfish asshole. Yeah. 
which is exactly what the working class man calls him, asshole. Yeah, he calls <laughs> Throughout him the entire an asshole. film, yeah. I think he calls him asshole. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's this really great thing. Like he gives this. Uh, he gives the working class guy gives him this speech in a in like a bathroom at one point. Great scene in the movie. I thought it was really well done. Fantastic. Where he, where, where he kind of like. He kind of like gives him that pep talk, you know, it's like that pep talk. You need to like see the character change and move from yeah. good to bad. Uh, yeah. 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 And I, think, like, the, I think I actually wrote down the exact quote because I thought it was really quite beautiful. Yeah. He says to him, it's all about sacrifice, right? Talking about children. And that becomes, I think, like if you could sum up the film just with like one sentence, that is it. It's all yeah, about it's true. sacrifice. Yeah, that that is definitely the theme. I think you're you're right, spot on with that. It's about sacrifice, and like I think again, like when you brought up with the with the with the ash that goes on her hand, and you see that stigmata. That's you know, again, Korea yeah. is a very Korea is a very Christian country, so like that's kind of the symbolism that would that would, that would resonate with people. Like Absolutely. it's about what, yeah, but what I are you gonna up, I wasn't sure, and I was yeah. like, what what it, it's actually South Korea has got a huge atheist population, which I didn't yeah, realize. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. But after, I think there's more atheists than uh, Christians, but mm. the, I mean, Christianity is still the majority religion. So uh, yeah. the stigma, the thing definitely fits into the um, connotation of, yeah, the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So um, so meanwhile, so Siuk Wu, he like, you know, now everyone knows, okay, the world is almost over. Like, <laughs> this is really bad. Um, he's on the phone with someone. I, I, I forget who exactly it was. Some person he has connections with. Like, he knows a lot of people because, you know, he's connected and he's knows all these rich people and stuff. And so he's trying to connect someone with them at the next stop so that he can basically, him and his daughter can get away, screw everyone else. Um, and, of course, and, this becomes mm -hmm. really interesting in the context of I actually watched this for the first time at the beginning of the year just as we were all put into quarantine yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so it is. it was very real. Like I was like, oh, this is a uh, timely film to be watching as we're yeah, in lockdown. Yeah, totally. Um, and the, the, there is this real fear, and I'm going to, say it now like contextually this was written as the 2015 MERS outbreak was at its height in South Korea and there they had very stringent quarantine lockdown laws to try and stop the spread of MERS and there is this like the dad has this fear of being quarantined at all so that's when he's like trying to stay to uh his connections like how can i skip quarantine and i think that is like so relevant now like people and they feel like they are above quarantine i thought that was very interesting yeah so could you um like your your mic kind of cut out a little bit um I, hopefully your connection will improve oh, no it's okay it's not your fault just like if i could have you repeat what you said because it's really important i think um, and hopefully this time it'll come across a little bit clearer. Cause like, yeah, this is, this is a really important point for us to probably discuss about the film. So yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry about that. Um, and I will apologize if there are any Australians watching, you know, how awful our internet is. If you're not Australian, <laughs> I was just telling Ibrahim, we have got one of the worst internets in the first world. Like it is atrocious. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> where, 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 where did you sit here up to? 2015? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, 
start with yeah the 2015 and the the cultural context that korea south korea was in at the time and how that yeah. sort of comes into what what this film is about really uh so i mean yeah there there's was a lot going on in the mid 10s in south korea uh one of the massive things that happened was the 2015 mers outbreak uh which filtered through very quickly through south korea and it led to immediate strict quarantine and strict lockdown laws uh, of this being put into quarantine lockdown. And for me, it, it really spoke to the fact that the dad is terrified of being quarantined, yeah. which is something that was occurring in South Korea. One of the biggest criticisms from South Koreans was that the laws were too strict. Of course, mm -hmm. this meant that the MERS outbreak was contained. And as we are seeing now, South Korea has had a very successful response to COVID as yes. a result from dealing with MERS. Um, but, yeah, it's this thing of um, what we are seeing in the world now is sports people, celebrities that don't have to quarantine the same way that everyone else does. There yes. are people that have, you know, come into Australia and instead of getting put into a hotel lockdown, which is what most of us Australia is doing at the moment they are being you know escorted off to their mansions to oh no you because you're Nicole Kidman you can do it in your yeah. mansion you don't need to have lockdown yeah. um, and yeah same with sports people and there's this uh -huh. I think what epidemics and pandemics really reveal is a class structure and they yeah. really reveal who we are. It's a very like almost quite um, existential view of the world. Like what happens when you start stripping away the ability to use your money and power to avoid things? Yeah, so that's that's mm -hmm. what I was saying. I hope that didn't cut out again. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was good. Um, wasn't so just as an aside, wasn't uh, Tom Hanks and his wife were in Australia right when they got COVID? They were. Yes, they were over on the east coast. They were in, I think, Queensland. He was filming. Yeah, yeah and, and we, they they whisked him away somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like he must have been like one of the first few hundred in Australia to be diagnosed with COVID. But that's because yeah. like, there wasn't much testing as well. And once yeah. again, celebrities were getting tested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and really yeah, high, like, high levels Hanks of treatment. Test you. Yeah. Really high yeah. levels of treatment. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, I, <laughs> I think American can, can forgive a lot of Australians. We, we really like you guys. But if you guys let Tom Hanks die, I don't know if we could have ever forgiven you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I don't think Australia would have forgiven like ourselves. Like I feel like killing off Tom Hanks would be like end of. Like he's the most loved yeah. celebrity in the world and comes I to know. Australia and dies. Like, oh Jesus. Hey listen, hey, listen, the bush is a really scary place. You gotta be careful out there. <laughs> But I mean, wouldn't that be like, you know, just the, the tip, of, tip of the iceberg, you know, we're like, yeah, Australia's famous for being like this like place of death and doom, spiders and snakes and all this crazy shark attacks, bushfires, like heat waves. And the one thing that ends up killing Tom Hanks is a completely unpredictable pandemic. Like, Yeah, yeah. 
It's not like he was yeah. out on a, on, on some kind of trip and then like they they got lost and then they got attacked by some kind of animal. No, he just got a disease and died. No, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a film that if you haven't seen it at this point, you have to watch it before this pandemic is over because it is much more yeah. terrifying during it. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's really good that you brought up like the, the class conflict and like how everyone is sort of this this is like the central theme of the of the of of the zombie genre, right? Is that it reveals stuff yeah. about ourselves and not about the like the zombie is not the enemy. The zombie is just a thing. Just like in Jaws, the 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 villain in Jaws is the freaking mayor. Okay. And yeah. Jaws has never been more relevant because in America, I can tell you, America is run by the mayor of Jaws. Like on every level, there there is a mayor of Jaws at every level. There's a there's a mayor, there's a governor, there's a president. Everywhere there's a, oh no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just go out and and it's gonna be over. It's 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 already over. Um, yeah, yeah, they're liars and they're downplaying yeah. and it's insane. And people are like, I got yeah. attacked by a fucking shark, man. What are you are you crazy? No, there's no sharks. That was a baby shark. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So, but yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that is, I would say, the major theme of most zombie films is this thing about uh, who are we at our core? You know, if you strip away everything that makes society work and function, what are we? So, yeah, it yeah, is exactly. like, as I, I always say, you know, zombie films are the ultimate existential crisis yeah. because there is nothing else except you and the decisions you make. Yeah. Uh, and it reveals it often, not always, but it often reveals our relationship with money and capitalism because in a world where everything is basically free, what does it mean to have money? You know, like in, if there was a zombie apocalypse and all of a sudden having a gold ring isn't worth much. It's kind of like in um strange film to be bringing in right now but um in titanic where at the very end the the villain of titanic is trying to pay his way onto a boat and the guy that knows he's going to die is like your money is no good anymore like yeah. money means nothing and you're up against other battles yeah. so yeah it's um i would say this film is very much about class capitalism uh you know you've got all these different through all the characters that we've got, you've almost got a representation of every single class level in yeah. society from homeless man as, you know, the underclass. You've got the working class man with his wife. Uh, you've got the man that's on the rise, you know, so the rising class mm -hmm. of the lead character. And then you've got the man that has made it, the middle-aged wealthy yeah. man. Yeah. You've got, like, different representations of all the classes mm -hmm. and how they interact. Um <clears throat> which was also a huge thing that was going on in South Korea between like 2014 to 2016. Um, I've mentioned earlier one of the major uh, allegories that I see going on and whether it was consciously or subconsciously, uh, I, as I was re-watching it, I kept noticing, I don't know if you noticed this, the use of yellow, the colour yellow, mm. just constantly, sure, yeah, you know, the real girl's mm -hmm. She's got a yellow phone, there, and I just couldn't put my finger on what this yellow meant. So I started looking it up, and I was kind of fig trying to figure out what yellow means to South Korea because it had to mean something for it to be repeated like that. Mm -hmm. And what 
they came across was the Yellow Ribbon Campaign, uh, which came about after the Seawall Ferry disaster. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. And mm-hmm. I kind of went down a rabbit hole of looking into the history yeah. of that and I was watching a few documentaries about it. Uh, if you don't know anything about it for anyone watching, there is a fantastic documentary on Asian Boss on YouTube. would highly recommend it. Um, and to me, it just, like, changed this entire film. It's a, there's a ferry was leaving and it mostly had high school kids um, which to me is all about that baseball team, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just it actually, it, like it will now, I'm a bit of a crybaby. It quite moved me after seeing this documentary to see that there were all these teenagers and high school children that really did lose their life on this ferry. Mm. Um, and it was because people just acquiesce to authority. People want mm. to be told what to do. And there's so much of that going on in this film where it, you know, everyone wants to acquiesce to this middle-aged wealthy man because he yes. just if we just listen to him, everything will be okay. Um, and that's what happened in this real disaster is that the only people that got away and managed to survive were the people that said, we're not going to listen to you. Mm. The ferry is sinking. We're getting the help out of here. Um, and, yeah, it was really, it's really heartbreaking reading it. I think it was something like, 300 high school students lost their lives. It was oh my god, um, and it yet led to the yellow ribbon campaign, which started out with people wearing yellow ribbons as a sign of like mourning and sorrow, but it quickly mm-hmm. led into this conversation about. Um, why we like listening to people in power and did the president cover it up? It became a discussion about uh, class and capitalism and communism and hang on, what I think I wrote down yeah. something. Oh, yes. Yeah, so one of the things then led into that was the quote that went with the yellow ribbon campaign roughly translates into either life before profit or people before money, which is mm. exactly what this film is all about. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely before. connects. It definitely connects. Um, yeah, especially because, like, it, it turned into holding people accountable, right? I mean, that it's like, oh, these people died, but why did they die? Why was this allowed to happen? Yeah. Why did people in power do this? Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it? Who are we going to hold accountable for doing for, for allowing this to happen? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good connection that you made there. I wouldn't have thought about this otherwise. Um, I, I think it's really good because, yeah, these, the cultural t- context of these films is always important. And, you know, a, a country like they went through a lot in this time period, uh, South Korea. And so all of that informs the art that people are producing. And, you know, um, yeah. in, in America in 2015, a like, well, I, I forget what year um, Contagion came out. I saw it in the theater. I thought it was really well done. But now Contagion, people see it now. They think it's like it's like looking into the future, right? <laughs> because for us, the, the context of a pandemic is just, or, or even an epidemic, because, you know, during the last decade, um, our responses had been good. So when there was, you know, or, you know, it was, it was, it was a flu, it wasn't as viral. Um, and when there was, uh, what was, there was the thing from Africa, I forget what that was, which was really deadly, but we stopped that out really quickly. Yeah, Ebola. Ebola yeah, was like a bullet. 
Ebola. I watched a documentary about that a while ago and it was like uh, America were ready. Um, Because, because, like, again, like, not to be super political, but the Obama um, administration understood that what happened now could happen. And if if what happened now happened to Obama, it would have been over for him politically. It would have been the end of his administration, no matter what. Um, So you so as as a self-preservation tool, they had to be prepared for a pandemic. It it, it is the destroyer of, (laughs) of of a country if you can't it, it of a government, at least if you can't like act actively and accurately um, respond, you're going to pay the price politically. And you should, because people will die. I mean, we can look at what all the different countries have done. And there's a pretty clear kind of thing with the countries that have done well and the countries that have done badly, like the types of administrations there are. And, and, you know, know that I am, I am a left wing girl um, (laughs) over here in Perth had i think one of the most successful campaigns against COVID in the world we're back to we were back to normal months ago we have yeah. been back to work we've been you know bands are playing we've, we're back at pubs we're back at bars um we have got a 91 percent approval rating on our premiere which is like the most ridiculously high approval yeah. rating i have ever heard of um, if you can think of any other one, like I would be surprised. But yeah, uh, King Mark McGowan is definitely uh, what we call in the, the Labour Party, and he yeah. had a brilliant response. Yeah, really brilliant. So yeah, the smug yeah. smile of someone living on Earth that has. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it won't be so smug when we have a second wave next week. And I'm going to be like, oh, that smug guy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, again, any any like like the American response, unbelievably horrible, unbelievably horrible. And again, it just it comes down to the idea and and kind of plays into this film. Right. Like what do do does does the does the film this film? Does he care about what happens to other people? Does he care about society collapsing around him? Does he think, oh, hey, maybe I should help other people because um, if they get zombified, even if I live do I want to live in a world where everyone's a freaking zombie? And and it just doesn't connect. Yeah, and what's the point in living around you? Like, you need humanity. Human beings yes. need human beings. Like, we need each other just for company and basic support. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, the the rich man is definitely, I would say, the villain. He is the yeah. villain over the zombies. Oh, the rich, the rich man, like... He is so evil, like, <laughs> and they do such. They, yeah, they do such a great job of like making him more and more and more evil. It's just like on top of all the so again. So what we've talked about so far is just him egging on the main character to to cut off other people and let them die so that we just live. Um, later on in the film, so they're. They get back on. So at some point, they get back on the train. Like they, they go. They get that to stop. All the soldiers are zombified, so that's not going to work. So they got to keep going. Um, they, they keep going, and I forget. Yeah, so that's, kind of like, that's basically like they get off the train, uh, which gives us a nice little break in the narrative to get yeah. off the train for a moment. But then, very quickly, they need to get back on the train. And this is when we start seeing the real, like, okay, it's you've got to get through each carriage because they get separated. So all the yeah, 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 yeah. 
like the husband gets separated from his pregnant wife, the dad gets separated from his daughter, and the teenage baseball star gets separated from the girl who is the girlfriend. girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at the beginning it seems like they weren't this. Like she was keen on him, but he wasn't keen on her. But yeah, they, they wanted to. You know, there is like the typical like boy who can't say his feelings kind of thing. Yeah. Like he liked her, but he's awkward. He can't say, oh, yeah, I like you. He's like, oh, you know, (laughs) but I've been there. So I I understand that trope very well. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. And and again, we should should bring up the the working class guy who had the who has the pregnant wife. He saves the main character. He saves his life. And he's like, hey, you know, you're, you're welcome, asshole. Right. And so, again, it's like. You know, it's it's like uh, the main thing of this film is like, are you going to sacrifice? Are you willing to try and help other people? That's that's yes, what this is about. Like the homeless man yeah. comes over and throws a coat over one of the zombies so that the zombie gets confused. So it's this yeah. thing about, yeah, the, the, the lower class and the working class um, have bo- are both willing to sacrifice for other people. And, yeah, it's... Um, that plays a huge, huge role in how this film is constructed. Yeah. But this rich I mean, guy, anyway, so again, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good that you brought up like that, that stuff with the fairy where like the people in power told, or like the people in charge or whatever told people, oh, don't do this or don't do that. Um, Cause there's comes a point where once they fought through the middle of, and this is a great scene where they're fighting like with just like their their hands and bats and whatever they can find, they're fighting through. Um, oh my god, I love that scene. South Korea is like Australia, where you know so many zombie films are set in America, and in Australia we don't have guns. So just when we as Australians watch American zombie films and everyone's got guns, we we have to think a little bit more creatively about what you would do because we can't just like throw someone yeah. and pick up a gun like i don't have any idea where to get a gun in australia there's like i've never i've never seen a gun in yeah 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 in real life i don't uh, know i think you've, i bet you've got 12 I, sitting behind <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you guys you guys got that mad max mentality i i feel like you guys don't need a gun you guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys yeah. just go and find mel, go find mel gibson and these other crazy guys and just like he'll fight them all off for <laughs> Yeah, we'll just go. We'll just go. You'll do we'll like just what just they do in this. Yeah, like what they do in this film. They just like let's just wrap some stuff. I'll get. I'll grab some, you know, pitchfork and a knife, yeah. and I'll I'll kill him myself. You know. <laughs> so I, I think they yeah, did that beautiful creativity of how they get through everything. Yeah, and I think that is what makes this film is that creativity. And once again, yeah. tying back to the yellow. It's a the two the, it's the teenage boy and the working class man. They wrap their arms entirely in yellow, the yellow tape, um, mm-hmm. yellow ribbon campaign. But I thought it was really interesting that the dad, um, he still has his suit jacket, which I like wrapped that wraps his arm in his suit jacket and then partially wraps one arm in the yellow as this signifier that he's kind of on his way into what the Yellow Ribbon campaign represents of life before profit, but he's not completely there yet. He's yeah. He's not completely finished. He's out. one foot in, one foot out. It's almost yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's really brilliant. Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of brilliant little creative ways that they find their way through. Um, there's like... 
you know, uh, the phone trick where he takes the poor working class man's phone and he's like, your ringtone is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and, and this, another... The distraction zombies. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through the luggage. Holy moly. Yeah, Ten. yeah, it was that really was that was really good. That was proper. What I like too. So then, another yeah, another layer for these zombies is that they're basically kind of blind, right? When it's when it's dark, they can't see other yeah. people, and so that's the other big difference between these zombies and other zombie films is that at some point they go through a under a bridge and it's dark, and the zombies just can't see them, and it's only they they're attuned to sound. So if they hear something, they just attack it. Uh, so then they're able to figure out how to outsmart the zombie and like. When they're in the tunnel, they uh, they kind of like you said with the phone. He lays the phone down. The sound comes up on the phone. The zombies attack the phone, and they're able to get escape without having to fight through a bunch of zombies. So I really like that that addition to another wrinkle and and a difference in the in the how these zombies act from other zombies yeah. that we've seen in other films. Um, agree. Yeah, and yeah. so then yeah, at some point they they do. It's almost like mind <laughs> over muscle in a lot of ways. It's yes. Not just you. You need to be clever to beat these zombies. You just you can't just go in the brute force. There needs to be a combination of yeah, yeah, yeah. So at some point they do get all the way through, and then um, on the other side, these other people have been away from the zombies, and then again, this rich guy, uh, his name Young Suk. Yan Suk is like, no, don't let them in. Don't let them in. They're 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 terrible. They they had to have been bitten, um, and this leads to this whole you know, decision of, are they going to let him in? Or are they going to, are they not? Um, and he, yeah, he like tries to, so there's one part. When you've got the conductor's got his like arm and he's like muffling the teenage girl is awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's I awful. Think if you've ever been a female, you, there's this like overwhelming dread of being covered up like that where you, she can't scream, she can't move. It is horrific. Um, but yeah, and they are basically saying like, yeah, we can't let them in and he's taking the lead and, um, yeah. And, and like you brought up, like, like you brought up with the, with the thing with the, the ferry, um, the, the conductors and like the people in charge of this train, they go along with this rich guy. They do what yeah. he's saying, but, but why, yeah. why would they listen to him? Why should they listen? <laughs> basically it's because he's the loudest. Yeah, and he's wearing a suit. He yeah. <clears throat> appears to have money, and in this world, money equates to power. Um, and, yeah, no one's willing to listen to a teenage girl over this wealthy man, yeah. um, even though she is right. She's like, well, it's like we can't just leave people out to die. Yeah. Like, it's horrific. Um, yeah, and I remember when I first watched this particular scene, um, at this moment in time was when in the COVID pandemic, I think this is mostly was around the world as well, but living in Western Australia, we've got Fremantle docks. So we have a lot of ships that come into dock in Fremantle. So we had like all those, like, all those ships off our coast and there was it was a real life thing where even people like myself are going, well, we can't just let them in. They're infected. But what do we do with them? What's this um, balance between yeah. protecting the people that aren't infected and being humane? So yeah. it, it was a real life issue 
um, yes. only with ships. I mean, maybe that maybe that's the sequel is uh, <laughs> zombies on ships. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think I think I feel like the sequel now. This happened like right where I lived was the first couple of cases of COVID in America was this cruise ship. There was a cruise ship and they were going to dock in Oakland, but they knew basically the whole ship got COVID. And of course, Trump was like, oh, I don't want them to dock. He didn't want them to dock because he didn't care about the case. He didn't care about the people. He didn't want there to be a bunch of cases coming into the country, which was insane. It was insane. Um, but again, it's like how you have to keep track of all these people, right? In, in real life. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I mean, um, it, 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 is, it is an issue. And it's like, how do you humanely allow people to have freedom, but you protect other people from getting diseases that are going to be dangerous and kill them. Um, yeah, and like very yeah. much as we have seen in the real world, you can't rely on people just to quarantine themselves or do the right thing. There are no. always going to be people that are going to, you put them on two weeks, stay, stay inside, and the next thing you know, they're down the pub. Yeah. That happened in Perth. We had like <laughs> three cases. Right now, we've got like three cases of COVID in hotel yeah. quarantine. But we had this one bloke about two weeks ago, was let in from the East Coast, told to quarantine for two weeks. He broke out of his hotel because he wanted a beer. I mean, <laughs> yes, the most Australian of all time. Like, <laughs> wanted a pint. Like, and he was found at a local pub beers on a Friday That's amazing. Night. So the whole pub had to get caught. That's amazing. Um, and how selfish is that? How selfish is that? Like, because we needed a beer. I'm sure room service with a boy a six pack. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's like, it's like, um, if you're if you're just a person who's following the law and you're at this pub and then like you see this guy you don't think anything of him and then it's like oh yeah by the way you remember that guy so that guy had COVID and now you you have to quarantine it's like what I was just I, I was yeah, having a beer now you can't go to work yeah yeah now you can't go to work for two weeks your kids can't go to school <laughs> like it's remember remember your um beautiful grand she probably might die next week oh, like, oh yeah, god yeah one, mate yeah. <laughs> Be, yeah. yeah it's so bad i mean in america you can't like there are certain this and this is something you know about like the the japanese and the koreans and some of these other uh even i think germany did pretty well like they actually are able to as a society do something for the collective good in america i don't know yeah, why it's just anathema i'm telling you in america it is yeah. anathema <laughs> me do something for other people no i'm going to do yeah. i'm going to do the opposite because i am an individual okay yeah 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 <laughs> And that is like so much part of this tale is yeah. South Korea terms with this thing of like sacrifice. And I saw this interview talking about the Yellow Ribbon campaign and it was um, like older people saying like, we have given everything to this country. Like they were brought up to believe that you do whatever you can for the good of the collective. And that's this whole film to me. Yeah, which, um, yeah. Are we going into spoilers? We yeah, let's let's now, get into spoilers now. Totally, we're in the spoiler section for sure. Okay, good. Yeah, so um, let them fly. Talk about the the three sisters, right? The like the oldest. Yes, sisters. yes. Let's talk about that. So that relates to um, yeah. yeah. So there was a scene where they try to stop everybody, and I think the 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 working class dad he ends up having to sacrifice himself, and so then the others are able to yeah. they're able to to get in and and. Um, but then again, hoisted by the uh, rich guy, the rich guy is telling them, no, get out, get out, get out, get out. They want them, to, 
to all the people that were down on the other side of the train, he wants them to leave their compartment because they're he's afraid he just wants to protect himself, but he's afraid that they're going to be infected and then they're going yeah. to turn and they're going to attack them. So then they all have to leave. And then, yeah, like you said, there comes the scene with the the two older sisters. And yeah, so if you want to talk about that, you can go go for it. Um, but firstly, like, yeah, so the working class man gets beat on the hand and it's really yeah. cool mirroring because then in the very next scene we see the teenage girl bite the hand of the man that is subduing her. And it's like, it's, oh. it's just this very cool, like, hand bite, hand bite. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, just one of those things that's little, like, fun little, like, Easter egg that some directors throw in. Um, but, yeah, the two pieces, it took me a second watch to kind of figure out what was happening there, but... One of them sacrifices herself as well to help the others get away. And then the other sister is sitting there kind of trying to figure out, like, why her sister sacrificed herself. And then she opens the doors and basically yeah. lets the zombies in to eat everybody. Yes. And I wonder, like, it's, it's insane. It's insane. It is like, it is, you're just like, the first watch, I was like, I don't understand why she did this. And I, I think a lot of people have had that reaction of like, but why? Mm. And it comes back <laughs> to this thing. I saw this interview and it was on the Asian Boss documentary where a lot of the older people that are progressives in South Korea are like, we are at this point where we have given everything in our lives and we're now looking at society and we don't like what we see. Mm. And I think that was basically literally what this older woman said. She's like, and I look at what I'm seeing and I'm disgusted by what the world is. And that's pretty much what she does. She's looking at these horrific yes. things going on with humanity. She's looking at the way that we've become a society that's obsessed with money and power and you not taking responsibility and just looking up to someone else and saying, you tell me what to do. And she's realised that this whole way that she's lived her life is she hasn't worked out. There's it's yeah. a disaster. She's like, well, I'm freaking done with it. And I think that's what she says. She says something like, this is bullshit and just opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. And she's like, this is yeah, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Cause, cause they they set uh, yeah. it up where like, and she's even saying it in that moment, like her sister was selfless. She's like, "Why are you so selfless? Why are you always doing that?" And I guess she kind of it, it it connected for her because the one thing I, I that that scene made sense to me. That scene totally made sense because she was like, "Fuck this! You guys are horrible and evil, and you killed my sister." Because like it, you can tell that character like there's a little bit there, but she um because like the first thing one of the things we get of her is later she says like. There's, they're watching television and they see people were, um, I guess, breaking quarantine or breaking curfew or something. And she's like, oh, and back in the old days, we would have re-educated you. <laughs> and her sister's like, no, you can't say that. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, her, her sister, like the, the sister who lived, is she's kind of hardcore. Yeah. 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 So she's hardcore, but she like has a real love for her sister. And she sees her sister as a fucking zombie. And like that connects for her on an emotional level. And it's just like, like, because then it's like, it's not that you didn't let someone in who I, it's whoever. It's like, that was my sister you didn't let in. And by doing that, you got her killed. And yeah. how dare you do that? And so, yeah, so I'm going to punish you and everyone else who didn't sacrifice by sacrificing myself to right the wrong of what you just did. So yeah, that scene made sense to me. It was it was a big 
F you to all these horrible people. Um, and I, I like that scene. I thought it was good. I thought it made sense. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it definitely took me that second watch. The first one, I was just yeah. like, whoa. I think it was yeah. so out of nowhere for me. I just had not seen it coming. But, um, yeah, I probably should have picked up on it the first watch. <laughs> yeah, what made sense to me was, like, there's a moment where she sees her sister as a zombie. That that kind of made it make yeah. sense to me. That, um, oh, yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Especially when you're old and like I yeah, like like I don't know. I'm very like I'm I'm in my thirties, but I'm very aware of like I don't know, I have a high awareness of like the end of life cycle. Um well, the, the you know life cycle is a huge of this film as well, yeah. isn't it? Yes. You've also got, like, yes. we've got like people in different classes, but then you've got like every single level of life from literally a pregnant woman, a child, a young couple, the teenagers, like it's literally everything. Yeah. Um, it is the cycle of life and it's Suan's birthday. So it's literally a day yeah, of birth. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's like it's such an obvious like thing. It's a day of birth, but it really is about that cycle of, of life. Even with um the two sisters, even with one of them is like, the first scene we see is she's unwrapping an egg with you yes. know, the egg being like representation of spring, new life, you know, Easter, mm-hmm. uh, sacrifice, just all very tied into the cycle of life, afterlife. Fascinating, multifaceted film. Like just so multifaceted. Yeah. Like I need to probably give it a third. Yeah, it, 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 it's there's so many good things, right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot that really yeah. works with this film. Um, yeah. So continue. Yeah, it's certainly not just like a schlock zombie film. Like. Yes. 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 It's it's an elevated zombie film, as it were. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, uh, continuing with the plot. So at some point, they so the woman lets them on. They. We think they all get killed. Um, They're on the other part of the train, and then the train has to like they get to a point where their 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 train is blocked and they can't keep going. So the conductor tells them, "Hey, we got to get on another another train." He gets on another train. They all try to leave, and then we see that the villain is still alive, which I thought was brilliant. (laughs) That was a reveal to end all reveals. You're like, oh, like you thought. But, uh, like, at the same time, we shouldn't have been surprised because yeah. we need to see this villain die. Like, we don't want him to be dead. This is going to be the enjoyable murder. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but that that was like, oh, fuck, this guy's still alive and it's him and another guy. Yeah. This was so brilliant. This was such a brilliant scene. It's him and another guy are in, are in, the, ch- are in the bathroom and they're waiting. And so then he peers out, the villain peers out, and he sees a still zombie there. And he tells the other guy, oh, yeah, it's safe. Go ahead. And the other guy opens the door. He pushes him into the zombie, and then the villain runs. It's so brilliant. He is so evil because you want to see him die, right? Like you just feel <laughs> ready at this point to see him, like, ripped apart. Yeah. Um, and it's not so bad at this point because the guy is – has really like taken his side so you're like Ugh. it's not you know it's obviously it's awful to see a human being get getting eaten by zombies but he's still not a great guy it gets a whole lot worse when he when he comes across the teenagers yeah 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 he's just he just keeps doing horrible and horror and it's just like please oh my god i want to see this death so bad you know <laughs> yeah yeah, so um, so he pushes the sweet teenage girl into a zombie, and she yeah, this is where he really becomes evil to me. I'm like, this is unforgivable. This like young couple have been so sweet, so lovely. It's yeah, 
and yeah, so she gets turned into a zombie and the young boy stays with her and so he gets turned into a, zombie. Turned into a zombie. And uh, the numbers now were quickly dwindling as we uh, as we head for this second train. Yeah, yeah. So they're heading for the second train. I forget how it happened, but our main characters, the the pregnant uh, woman now, um, uh, the dad and his daughter, they get, uh, was it like the, the train flipped or something? Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so the homeless man as well is there. The homeless man, um, and yeah. yeah the train, I don't know how it happens, but the train ends up kind of on top of them and it's this like super tense scene where they're like all the oh, zombies. You know what like, it was? You know what it was? There was another train that was a runaway train that was full of zombies comes and it like hits them. It's like out of nowhere yeah. this, this runaway train hits them and then they wake up and they're underneath this runaway train that's full of zombies and the zombies are on the glass and they're about to break in and, uh, and attack them. Yeah. Very it's dramatic. Very yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go back to the sacrifice again where the uh, homeless man sacrifices himself to help the other three get away. And then all of a sudden there's there's only four of them left. Like it's very yes. quickly that all these people that we have grown to know and care about over two hours are just gone. Yeah. Um, and then so the villain at some point, uh, the conductor of the first train gets onto another train and he gets it started. Uh, and then the, yeah, the villain like gets on. Train. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the engine. It's just an engine of a train, like like one of those freight trains that would carry, you know, supplies or something. Uh, the villain gets onto that train, and I he screws he screws the conductor over again in some way. I forget how, you know, because yeah, he's again. I how yeah, again, we just we just want to see this motherfucker die. Like he is he is the worst thing in the universe now. <laughs> yeah, he is awful. He is awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're um, ready, like. We're so ready. We want to see yeah. like one of those like, Walking Dead scenes where someone's like intestines are pulled out and like yeah. and, on and you know someone's leg is getting bitten off and we don't really get that scene though. We, no, we don't. The they, they 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 pull another one on us. Um, cause so so then they're on this 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 uh this engine, and a wave of zombies gets onto the uh the engine. Um and this was a really cool scene where they're all hanging on to the oh engine, God, and it's, it's like it's very like World yeah. War Z. Like, it is just like yeah. hundreds of zombies. Like I yeah. want to know how they feel that actually, because it's not. It doesn't look like CGI. Um, like it's, I suspect. I, I suspect what they did was they those were not people. It was just something that looked like mannequins flung together, held held together, but they wore human clothes while whatever was moving was moving and then one person was an actual person who's climbing up that's what i suspect is what they did uh, yeah it's very it's a very cool scene but yeah it's so great stuff, like, like high budget cinematic like zombies zombies are really going it's, it's yeah. a great scene yeah and it's then really again good. with the theme of sacrifice the 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 dad um he he puts himself in danger and he just kicks down all of these zombies uh he could have easily gotten his leg bitten and then that would have been it um, but yeah, he's like you said earlier. He was kind of half and half. Now he's fully understanding. He needs to sacrifice. He needs to help. He needs to put himself in danger for other people. And he does that. He's able to get the wave of zombies off the the engine. Um, but then in the fatal uh, fate accompli, our villain becomes a zombie, <laughs> and they have to confront the yeah. zombie. And he's turning. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. He's turning, he's like he is turning into a zombie. 
and you it's it's this incredible thing where he's turning into a zombie but it's the first time we see any real humanity in it. so yes, it it's this like real like complex conflicting thing of him becoming less human but more human um yes. yeah and he's like crying and wants just wants to see his mom and you're like oh god we were expecting to see this like vicious death and instead we're starting to feel a bit of empathy as yeah, uh, the yeah lead it's an interesting moment upon his life who was he's just heard his mother die on the phone yes um, Mm-hmm. And so there's this, like mirroring again where he's looking into what his future could have been. Um, but yeah, and then so he turns into a zombie, and then yeah. the dad, the rich guy, start fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again, he the the dad basically has to sacrifice himself to stop the zombie from attacking the pregnant woman or his daughter, and he is he but he sacrifices himself. Um, and he gets oh. bit, and and he he does throw the guy off, but he gets bit and. You know, like you said, this is fast turning. He's going to turn like that. He has a few moments um, and it's, you know, really touching. He spends them with his daughter. He tells him, hey, you're going to have to pull the brake when you guys get to civilization, but I'm not going to be able to be with you. And he, you know, goes off and there's a shot of him in silhouette as he falls off the train. Yeah, it's really oh, beautiful. So. That's, I mean, it was beautiful. Like, it, yeah, it, I don't think ever I have watched a zombie film that has made me well up with emotion like that. Like I was genuinely very moved by these scenes where you've got that um, he's thinking back to the moment his daughter was born and it's all the white around him of that purity, of the promise of this like beautiful little baby. And, yeah, that silhouette. I mean, man, that silhouette. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, what he didn't think about was, oh, am I going to make this trade? Oh, am I going to make this money? Oh, am I going to have this thing? Like, doesn't they, they, he drives like a BMW, right? Something like that. Yeah, he's a nice car. None of it, because he gets it. None of that matters. What mattered was the relationship with it. The fact that he succeeded in protecting his child is what mattered, yeah. right? Yeah, and in, like, our first, having, in our final moment of life, we are not thinking about the latest deal we made at work. We're not thinking about yeah. our BMW. We are thinking about what we love. And I'd say for most of us, that is going to be the people that we love and care about. Yeah. And the moments we've had with, with people over time. And so, yeah, yeah it was really beautiful. Uh, it was, it was really, it was really, that was a good moment where it sort of brought that character full circle about his change. And yeah. Um, I thought that was really well done. And yeah, and then that sort of leads into the ending. So they they get to Busan and there's like a huge military sort of blockade and they're walking Mm -hmm. through this tunnel. Very beautiful shot going through this tunnel. Very similar to Memories of Murder. I don't know if you've seen that film. Um, (laughs) Okay, that's another Bong Joon-ho film. So there. Oh, yeah, I'll have to say it. (laughs) Yeah. So they're going through this tunnel and then the military people are like, oh, someone's approaching. We can't, we can't, we don't know if it's a zombie or not. And they tell him, oh, kill it. Just kill him. And they're like, okay. And uh, we know they're going to be like Night of the Living Dead, where it's like, yeah, you've made it through all of this shit. And then the military just come and shoot you in the head. Um, like, we, like, I definitely, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is going to be a Night of the Living Dead homage. And we're about to see a pregnant woman and a child get shot by the military. Like, I was prepared, I was very preparing for it that that was the ending. Um, yeah. Thankfully, 
Yeah, and thankfully what we got was a, a sort of um, this emotional payoff. So at the yeah. beginning, the daughter talked talked about like, you know, the, the dad was watching the daughter try try to sing uh, um, this this Hawaiian song. She couldn't do it because he, and then later she says, I couldn't do it because you weren't there. Um, but then in, for you, just yeah. You. And that yeah. is just like, oh, your heart is just torn. Yeah. Just torn in heart. Yeah. And then she, like, they're about to shoot, and then she sings the song. And zombies can't sing, so she can't be a zombie. And so they don't shoot her. And it's like, it's just a perfect, perfect emotional uh, connective ending to the film that the sacrifice yeah. was worth it. And so he he was able to, to save her by, by, you know, again, the sacrifice was worth it. And I, it's just it's just such a beautiful ending very emotionally yeah, on the level of if he was with them she wouldn't have been yes. singing that song so it's this like on so many levels he has yeah. sacrificed for this and yeah and so then like all of the military come out and come to save them and we get a happy ending which is nice yeah. I, it's it's nice to have a happy ending like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, and, I and really emotionally... not want to mm-hmm. see them get shot. Like, I was so yeah. like, I I can't deal with this anymore. Like, please yeah. give these two a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good emotional uh, emotionally satisfying ending because it connects that that stuff with the dad and and the the the, the father daughter relationship. It connects that and makes it and and uses that as a way of saving them. And it makes makes us yeah. feel good about the whole experience. So. Yeah, so that was Train to Busan. Um, yeah, what a film. Like, a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, I was like, oh, we've been talking for a while. But um, it's just there was <laughs> so much to talk about. For sure. Um, sure. Uh, thank God we weren't talking about the whaling, hey? I mean, we'd, we'd still be here tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I need to watch that film, actually. That's on my list, too. Oh, yeah, Korean yeah, films yeah, to watch. I, yeah, I haven't seen it. One, I need to watch it a second time. Because, I yeah, mean, yeah. four long so i oh. i don't have the to watch something for like for like four hours it's like even with you know the irishman or any kind of long film i end up having to go particularly yeah. when you're into film and you're really engaging with something yeah i just do not watch a film that's longer than about 90 minutes without like having a break in the middle um Jeez. so i think i need to watch the whaling again <laughs> yeah the whaling is um it's an epically long film and it is epic and it's confusing and it's weird mm. it's beautiful it's really confusing <laughs> like it's, wow. you, you need to be really like yeah um, you know my brain maybe, really sorry for that yeah one. <laughs> maybe that'll be the next film we talk about if we ever want to talk about another no <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 was it a uh, peninsula or something yeah yeah uh, peninsula that's it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess what 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 comes up now is like the the eternal question, right? Of all that's always brought up in any zombie film is like, so so Caitlin, what is your plan for the inevitable zombie apocalypse? What are you going to do to survive? How do you how do you plan yeah, to make it? See, I guess I've I've again as we were talking about like no guns in Australia, um, but I I think I'm I think I'm zombie me like. Uh, where I am, you know, being in the city, I think your chances are lowered uh, significantly. Um, I mean, the other thing is that perhaps Perth being the most isolated city in the world will be safe. Um, but I think the plan is now, 
My best friend Roxy will probably watch this at some point. Uh, she has friends that have a isolated farm down south of WA. I think we're going season two of The Walking Dead and we're going to the farm and we're just talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think I'm going to try and get out of Perth on a boat because we've got like we've got a, a Swan River. Um, so I think we're going to, I'm going to escape on a boat down the river, get to the end of the river, and then it's awesome. So back to the farm. Yeah. And then, you know, like great outdoors. Yeah. You know, they've got their food, they grow their own food, and have veggies, and yeah, there's chickens for eggs and stuff. Like, I reckon we're cool. I reckon we're cool. I think that's yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would make it out here in the San Francisco area. I, I have a bad feeling. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about what would happen. Yeah, but yeah. I, but you got guns, like man, you've got you guys have automatically got like a, a head up on any country that needs you sure. baseball bat tape to yes. beat them with our hands. Like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I think my only hope would be getting. So I do live near a port, so hopefully I could get some kind of boat. Get the hell out of here. Uh, that would be my hope, and if I could get to Europe, I, I yeah, get a boat. Boat is like boat's a pretty pretty good bet. Hopefully, maybe there'll be a cruise liner that's like been abandoned because they're all bankrupt. Hop on one of those and <laughs> try to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's I always think that a ship is the best the best plan because um, then you could like find deserted islands as well. Um, you know, we've got a little island off the coast of WA that we actually used for quarantining COVID. Um, mm. It's really small little island, but it's a holiday island, so it's got plenty of stuff going on. I reckon that's that'd be a good one. Off to a deserted island or yeah. farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, America has a lot of middle of nowhere. To be fair, <laughs> to America. Of middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, I definitely. That's always fun to talk about. What, what would happen no. if we were in a zombie? Talking, about, talking about like in this one where the animals turn into zombies. I don't know if I want to come face to face with a zombie boxing kangaroo. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen them, the way they get like super muscly out in the yeah. country. Um, yeah. That'd be more scary than the humans or the zombies. That like, would be, yeah. That would be crazy. If we ever make a film together, this is the film that we're making. <laughs> yeah. Going zombie yeah. kangaroo yeah. in the country of Australia. <laughs> or like or like or like a zombie dingo, right? Like isn't that pretty scary? Yeah, yeah, that'll eat your babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, that'd be really yeah, scary. Where I could, there's like the drop bear like meme where like Australia convinced the world that can that the koalas are actually terrifying and they're going to drop out of nowhere and like eat you. Oh like, sure. <laughs> like the, the koala, it could be like that, like where it's just like all of the Australian wildlife. Just yeah, like yeah. Turning just turns on you. Yeah, that. I, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, I mean, that's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever see there was a video of a guy so it was it, he was he was out and his dog was attacked by a kangaroo and he's trying to get the kangaroo away from his dog and he punched the kangaroo in the face 
fine with this yeah. kangaroo. I say that. <laughs> they, that's, that's the thing. Like, those big ones around nowhere are scary. Like, yeah. they're scary. My friends and I pulled up to this farm I was talking about, and there was one, and I reckon it was about like two. And I was like, oh my God, you know, being a city girl, right now, I'm like, oh my yeah. God, the kangaroo jump out of the car. Because I was like, look. Um, and she's like, don't do that. Like, it, yeah. it's like, they're aggressive. That will yes. punch you in the face. And I was like, oh, okay, like, gonna lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're trying to take a selfie with the kangaroo. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Get a photo of it. She's like, yeah, probably don't do that. That's a wild yeah. animal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll we'll have to make um I don't know what you would call it, but yeah, this would be a fun horror movie about some people just like they're out in the sticks in Australia and then just the animals turn into zombies and they, they start attacking yeah. people and then people turn into zombies yeah. too. And there's no escape because but uh, we could figure it out. We could figure it out. <laughs> well, the, the key is the key is to not show the animal a lot, but like you know, someone yeah, like, like a big flash. Yeah, or even or even like you know, like like you don't have to show the animal a lot, right? Like like a guy's out on a car, he's like sitting somewhere, and just the the kangaroo comes in and bites him, and you just see the kangaroo's head, and he's just like fighting. He's trying to fight it or something like that'd be pretty scary. <laughs> Um, if anyone steals this idea from us, you better watch out. I will save right, my yeah. and go your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. This has been very, very fun. Um, we should definitely do this again. So, yeah. Um, um, uh, what I think of the film? Oh, I, I would say I'll give it like an eight, eight and a half. Um, I, I definitely feel talking about it more. I feel stronger about it. I, it, it feels like this is trying to do something. It, it definitely, to me, this is better than a lot of zombie movies. It, it really, it really, I'm not gonna say elevate or whatever, but it, it's, it, I always felt like it, it created a real solid human connection in the zombie story. And it, it already started with a really great premise. And then on top of that, it, it created this, this emotional story that, um, that really like plays into the, 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 that, that great idea, zombies on a train. And on top of that, you get this great emotional story. So I just thought it was really, really good. It's a great horror movie, in my opinion. How about you? I agree. Um, I would uh, totally agree. Um, and particularly the second time I watched it and the more you start seeing it, the better it gets. So, I mean, I would have started with like an 8 to 8.5. Great film. After seeing it a second time, I would up it to like an 8.59. I yeah. loved it. I'd put it. As and this is going to be controversial, but I would say it's possibly my favorite zombie film of all time. I think it's really fantastic. Yeah, I, I I really kind of agree with you there. Um, I feel like other than like the old zombie movies, you know, the Night of the Living Dead kind of stuff, a lot of the genre, I don't know, it's kind of replaying a lot of the old tropes. There aren't a lot of them that really stand out to me. Like there are some that are good, but how many of them really stand out? Uh, that do something above what you know. Other there are other just other genres of of um, of of horror that I think have created better content. The haunted house or something, or the 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 person possessed or the exorcist exorcism movies. I feel like those have created more much better what films than the zombie. Like high art, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Zom I'm just thinking zombie like films aren't necessarily. They haven't been high art, which is a yeah. shame because I think they have the the potential to be 
really beautiful fire. Yeah, and, and this, I think this film showcases that. Exactly. This film really showcases that. And, um, you know, if you get a good director and good writers in, in the genre, they can really like this film, they can produce something good. It's just, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really liked this film a lot. I really, really liked it a lot. And I, I, I it was great talking with you because it, it, it illuminated even more stuff about the film that I hadn't even ever thought of in terms of the, yeah, the social context. I mean, I have, I was, had such a good time talking about it. Um, thank you so much for having me along. It has been super fun. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to get two kindred spirits together and talk about something we're both interested <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> like I said, yeah, very yeah. illuminating. Um, so yeah, so yeah. How, how can people find you? Like what, uh, you know, what, what's your YouTube channel and other social networks or whatever you're, even if there's professional work that you have that you want people to see? Sure. I mean, um, definitely go check out my YouTube channel. It's Caitlin Bloody Mary. I haven't uploaded in a while because I recently wiped my entire hard drive by accident, but I will be uploading pretty soon. Um, I'm working on a very long analysis of its summer. Uh, oh. It's going to be like, like a mammoth analysis. Because I've seen that there's a lot of people that are doing like the 20 minute ones, but this is going to be like an hour long, every single thing about it, deep dive. Um, I've got more Buffy the Vampire stuff coming up. Um, I don't really use social media. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. But if you want to go over to my Instagram and watch me kind of post about outfit of the days and like the latest snap from my morning walk it's also at caitlin bloody mary um in terms of my professional work watch this space obviously i think like a lot of people's media work it's been a bit uh pushed to the side due to covid um so i would just say yeah youtube and instagram would be awesome very cool awesome well um thank you so much for coming this has been a really great conversation and hopefully we can talk again about some other film um and i definitely look forward to you talking about midsummer for sure yeah, <laughs> we'll have to talk about with that film so Ooh, i'm excited about boy. It. when i was like i'm gonna make this like the analysis that covers everything i was just like oh my head's still yeah. been working on it for like three months yeah. it's taking yeah i bet forever. Yeah. Right, so man, um, I'm looking forward to that edit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have you? I know he talked a lot about that film was sort of about nationalism for him. Is that something that's uh, sort of connected with you in in terms of what you wanted to oh, analyze? God, yeah. Mm -hmm. God, yeah. Yeah. There's. Uh, I mean, the, as soon as I watched it, I turned around to my friend that I was watching it with, and I'm like, "Is this like a race allegory? Like they're all very white. They're all very, yes. very white." Um, and there's that sign that literally says something like keep everywhere like just like white power or something like it's very <laughs> much talking. like it, it's they've got like a, the white nationalist group poster that they drive under like it's um, which took me forever to translate because like how do you mm. translate things like that um, but yeah vaguely translates to um, keep keep the keep the country white mm. um like puritus puritan stuff and yeah 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 so there's just so much going on in that like it's, it's an insane film there is a insane. lot yeah <laughs> yeah for sure you talk about someone who like is bringing art to the genre right <laughs> yeah yeah ari yeah, films are Mitzvah just like, is, like is, it's, it's so like art. yeah totally Cool. Well, right, yeah. Well, um, final question. Final question. 
Hereditary yeah. or Midsummer? What do you choose? Oh, for me, I'm a Hereditary. I like it more. I, Hereditary is like a really fucked up movie for me, though. Like, I, I don't think I can watch that. I watched it like once. And like, I'm someone who doesn't really get scared by films. There's probably in, in my life, I'd say there's like three or four films that legitimately scared me. Um, and some of them have scared me, not even for reasons of the film. It's just like the films was about something that scared me sort of outside of, uh, what the film was about, even though the film was kind of scary. So the film that scared me the most was signs, but that was because when I was probably like five or six, I, I was flipping channels on TV and I came across this thing about people being abducted by aliens. And for a long time, I, I was definitely afraid of alien abductions. Like that was my fear and just aliens. I'm serious. And, and so I remember, so like, um, so for instance, when uh, Independence Day came out, so, you know, like the scene where they're, um, where they're, they're gonna, they got the alien and they're gonna like, I forget what the word is, but they're, they're gonna like look at him or whatever. And that, oh, that scene, yeah, of that scene scared the shit out of me. Like when I was a kid, like I was literally in this theater, like clutching onto the seat. And then when the thing opened up, I jumped like five feet in the air. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, the, it, the aliens from Mars attacks scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like whenever that commercial came on the television, I would change the channel. Like I was so afraid of aliens and signs was like wow. the signs was like basically my fear put into a film. Aliens show up for no reason. Matter of fact, the aliens show up and it doesn't even make sense why they're here because their 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 weakness is water, but they're so desperate they just water. they're here to Yeah, they're so desperate that they're here to just kill people and they eat people and we don't know why and they're invisible and they come at night. And the way that Shyamalan shot it, it's very um in the Hitchcockian type of you don't totally see what's going on, which makes it even scarier because I'm always kind of, when I get scared, I get really paranoid. So that movie scared the shit out of me. Um, the other film that really kind of scared me was Annihilation, another alien movie. Um, that movie is genuinely frightening Wait, and a very, very good horror movie. Yeah, I but the other one, like your weakness for fear. Yes, yes, but Hereditary scared me on a different level because seeing what the characters go through, seeing what happens to like the character at the end when he fucking jumps out the window. He's so desperate. He jumps Just, that. That 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 like I I can't put myself into that frame of mind ever. I just can't I just can't do it. It's just it's just it's too much for me. Um, and it it, it but I think of grief. It is the, the oh, trauma the, of grief. Yeah, it's just, just it's just so yeah, it's so much. Um, so yeah, that film I think is really 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 well done. I can't really handle it, but I do think that what he lays out in the script is so well done. I think it's I think it's a really well done script. Because he lays out all the stuff that's going to happen and all the clues are there. Um, but then they, they play out in a way almost deterministically and they, it's just it's inevitable. And it's so I don't know. There's just something about when you're when you know that you're doomed and you can't get out of it. That's utterly frightening. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant film. 100 percent to me. So, yeah, I think that's better of the two. Personally, my opinion. <laughs> Maybe, maybe hereditary. Have you talked about hereditary yet? No, I haven't. No. Maybe we should because because I put the. Are you gonna make me watch that film again? <laughs> you want You're gonna make me watch a fucking movie again? Oh my god! Um, if, we, if we talk about it, I'll watch that I movie put again. Because I opinion. Okay. And I don't like. This is definitely my most controversial horror opinion of all time. I didn't. I didn't rate hereditary. And um, yeah. <laughs> 
No, and I understand. In my personal life, no one's willing to get into this debate with me because they're all like, but it's awesome. I'm like, well, um, but maybe it would be nice to have a chat to someone that can talk film about why I didn't rate it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I would love, I would love to talk that. Um, yeah, I, th I think that would be a good conversation because there's a lot to talk. A lot of what I like about the film is I think that he, especially with the script, he's just, it's very technically proficient with all the stuff that he does. Um, and, you know, once you see the big picture of what he's building at the end, you're like, oh, my God. And it, it just makes it it just it just makes everything so much weightier that happens to the characters for me. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that'd be cool. I I'd, I'd love to talk with it about you, and we can talk about have a conversation. I talk about what I didn't like and what you did like, yeah. and because I totally um respect and understand why people love this film. Like, don't get me wrong, I totally understand. But I think there are a few things that I and I would like to be I would like to be swayed. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, open yeah. to having my mind changed about uh -huh, things that I might uh -huh. have missed along the way. So I think that could yeah. be an interesting one to be like gently told where I might be being too yeah. harsh. Or like you're getting another perspective. Like I, yeah, and I went into it after being told this is the greatest horror film of all time. This is the greatest horror film of all time. So I went into it with like feeling like I'm going to be harsh on this. Yeah, film. that's. So I probably went in too harsh. I think I think there's this weird kind of thing about Ari Aster. While people talk about his films, um, I don't think it's his fault, and I don't think he plays into it. But like, I don't know. They almost treat him like he's a savior of of the horror film, and it's like. I don't agree with yeah. that. Yeah. But I do think yeah. he makes very good films and he has he he has a great vision and a great sort of uh author authoritative or like his authorship is very strong. Um you see it in in, yeah. in his work. Yeah. Um and I think that's yeah. that's his voice is good. But yeah, anyone who's like going to set it up as oh my god, it's the greatest film of all no, It's not the greatest film of all time. But it is good. It's very good. So. Yeah, I mean Well, maybe that's the next one. Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. force you to sit through it again. If you want to talk about that film, I will watch it again, and we can talk about that film. <laughs> Otherwise, I would not watch the film, probably, because, you know, I watched that once, and I, I was like, I saw this guy jump out a window, and I was like, I, I can understand why this human being tried to kill himself, and I don't know if I want to yeah. feel that again. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like, heavy. Like, yeah, that is a very heavy emotion to put on someone, but, you know... That's what film's about, right? It's about us feeling right, that emotion. thing, you know? Yep. Like any any time, any film that makes you feel something, anything, um, that's amazing thing to cherish. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you again so much for having me. I have had an absolute ball. I think we'll wrap it up. We've been talking for ages. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> been a great conversation, though, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and, and doing this. So uh, yeah, thanks a no lot, worries. everyone. Definitely check check uh, check her channels out there, like her YouTube channel. Great content, really, really, really good Thank content. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, good night.